BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, and welcome to the Josh Marshall podcast. This is David Tainter. We just wrapped up night three of the GOP convention. We've got one more night to go. Um, we're in the home stretch. We've got a full house on the podcast today. I'm joined by Summer Concepcion, Matt Shuham, and Kate Riga. How's everyone doing? Hi. Good. Doing well. Trudging on. Good. <laughs> Grand finale yep. tonight. That's right. We had a, um, a slightly more subdued evening last night. Not not as many kind of Kimberly Guilfoyle shouting into the void moments or Don Jr. sweaty, aggressive speech delivery. Um, Mike Pence, the vice president, was the headliner last night. We also heard from Laura Trump, uh, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law. Who else am I forgetting, Matt? Who else were the some of the headliners last uh, night? Keith Kellogg, the vice president's national security advisor. Uh, stuck out to me, Rick Grinnell, the former director, acting director of national intelligence. I'm not sure if you mentioned Martha, Marsha Blackburn, um, but there was all right. sorts of people. It was a full house yesterday. Also, Kellyanne Conway and yeah. White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany. Right. There was a big theme of kind of Trump as a, a fierce supporter of women, which kind of stands in contrast to the, um, I guess, about 20 sexual assault allegations against him. But... um you know, Kayla McEnany talked about Trump doing basically the bare minimum of giving her a call when she was in surgery for a mastectomy. And she didn't really say anything about it, any supportive words or kind of notable impressions we from it, just that it he gave her a call. Good. A very strong call. Very beautiful. Right. Yeah. A right. perfect call, you could say. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. Kate, you wrote our, our wrap-up piece for the night last night. I think our headline on the site was shock and yawn, of basically <laughs> kind of looking at the you know, the kind of the boring or slightly more subdued tone, but still kind of plenty of, of crazy injected in there. What were some of the examples you, you drew on last night? Yeah, I mean, last night, as has been much of the convention's theme, makes this kind of fantasy world assertion that Trump isn't actually president right now and that violence that you're seeing will intensify if he's not given the reins um, in 2020. So it kind of, you know, the basis of it is that you have to forget that he's the incumbent because they are not even attempting to run anything but kind of the same outsider burn it all down campaign that they did before. Um, and that, you know, was a real highlight of Mike Pence's speech. He warned, you know, this will be Joe Biden's America and used as his example the the unrest and violence that's happening now in Trump's America. Um, and they ran a similar ad package um, the first night of the RNC where they showed images of, I mean, some of the protests took place in Spain, but the ones that they did use that were in America were in, you know, Brooklyn and Chicago. And the whole thesis of it is this is what will happen if Joe Biden is president. You know, this is what's happening right now when Trump is president. So it absolutely makes no sense. But they kind of carried on with that delusion last night. Um, like you mentioned, DT, there was, this was kind of the RNC's women's night. Um, they pretty much trotted out every female lawmaker, the Republican Party they could find, because there really aren't that many of them. Um, and they hit, you know, it was very 
pro-life heavy, very family heavy. Um, Laura Trump gave just such an incredible speech. That's real main point was, hey, I also heard that the Trumps were assholes. Trust me, <laughs> they're not as bad as all that, which is just insane that that's the big, you know, character touting moment of the day. But so yeah, those pieces. And then there were just some things that were, you know, silly, just laughable. Like you had Rick Grinnell say that um, Trump had charmed the chancellor of Germany when one of the most famous images from the Trump administration is that picture of all the world leaders kind of led by Merkel, who ha who's looming over him on the table um, while well, he's just kind of sitting there with a smirk on his face. So, you know, it was just... It was kind of boring, like you said, DT. I mean, they, it was just like pre-recorded direct address after pre-recorded direct address with the same backdrop and the same themes, really lacking kind of the things that broke up the DNC, like the musical interludes or the kind of montages. So on the surface, it was like kind of a snooze. And then as soon as you look one layer deeper, you're like, okay, so a good portion of this is just completely fabricated. Right. Yeah, it's true. You know, one of Mike Pence's kind of big lines was, you won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. And yet here we are living through a pandemic that has killed about 180,000 people and counting. And, you know, restaurants, movie theaters, malls, everything is basically, you know, museums, everything's basically closed. Um, you know, for many months, we couldn't leave our house. So I'm not sure exactly what is different about Trump's America at the moment. Matt, I'm curious to get your take on, I think this was Pence's closing line. He said, Trump will make America great again, again. What that. do you make of that kind of added added line to the slogan? And I'm sorry, added word to the slogan. I love that. I, it just sounds like a veep line to me. Like I was listening to this with headphones in. I just started cackling like an insane person. Um, it, there is sort of this sense that they're trying to ignore the fact that they're in charge. Um, so some people have said, you know, Trump made America great and now his thing is keeping America great. But it's like, no, we made it. Pence, a lot of Pence's speech was saying how great the first three years of economic recovery were. You know, he's saying we and everything was in the past tense. We created so many jobs and so on and so on. And then this China virus happened. And so we got to make America great again, again. And. I mean, all like you said, all of this happened on their watch, and all a lot of this was avoidable. I mean, look at any other modern country in the world who managed to uh, get a hold of this virus because their leadership wore masks early on and emphasized the importance of not, you know, like breathing into each other's mouths. So, like, it, it, there was this sense that they kind of had to give those swing voters who were looking for an excuse an excuse. I'm not sure the elect the electoral power of these conventions, um, but to the extent that they were trying to put an argument forward, it's that, you know, oh no, we did a great job and then this thing from China made everything bad again. But it's, it's a uniquely American failure and it's something that they tried really hard to ignore. Right. Speaking of the coronavirus, Summer, you have been covering Trump's many daily press conferences that are ostensibly supposed to be an update on the administration's response, but generally just devolve into kind of a stream of consciousness uh, airing of grievances from Trump. And it wasn't until Mike Pence's speech last night that we even really heard much about the coronavirus. Were you surprised about that? Or what did you kind of make of the focus or lack thereof on the on the pandemic last night? Well, 
in all honesty, I'm not that surprised that the I mean references to coronavirus have been largely absent throughout the RNC. I mean that's just not <laughs> it's it's not part of the Trump campaign's approach to running this reality TV style production. That's it's really not. Um, it's more about you know attacking Biden and how he supposedly is going to threaten our First Amendment rights and he's going to endanger our safety and trying to, you know, rehash his appeal to suburbanites. So um, does it surprise me that it took until Mike Pence's speech to make a more explicit reference to the coronavirus? Not really. Um, In many ways, I feel like he is obligated to because he's the head of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. You know, it, and it's just, it's just interesting because I think I've repeatedly pointed this out in the blog. It's just, there's been many instances where, I mean, really every participant in RNC, but notably Trump and Pence have not been practicing social distancing or mask wearing throughout any of their appearances. But it's especially interesting for Pence, who... Um, I think I even blogged this last night. I mean, he's totally flouting the recommendations from Burks and Fauci, his own task force members. And um, so in a lot of ways, I'm I'm not surprised that it took that long for a coronavirus reference to happen. But I think Pence, just for really optics purposes, has to at least reference it a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we can end um, just looking forward a little bit to the last night. So President Trump is giving his uh, acceptance speech tonight. We were talking before we jumped on the air that there are a number of other speakers tonight include Tom Cotton, um, Representative Jeff Van Drew, who was a former Democrat from New Jersey who switched parties. We've got uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Ben Carson. What does everyone expect tonight? Do you think there will be more fireworks, kind of literal literal and figurative? Or do you think after the first night of kind of, um, you know, everyone was unleashed, it'll be more of a, I don't know, kind of toned down affair? To be honest, like, majority of that list are not really very gifted public speakers. So I wouldn't I, I wouldn't imagine we'll have the zest of a Kimberly Goldfoil, I'll say. Um, it's too bad. Also, I think they'll probably tr- want to try to impart some gravitas on these people, um, you know, as the, the leaders of Congress. So m- I would put my money on another another night of a podium in front of a cement wall festooned with like as many American flags as they can shove into frame. Yeah, I'm interested what Mitch McConnell has to say. Obviously not a great speaker and not even very talkative. Um, And most of the legislative frustration uh, in recent weeks over uh, unemployment benefits and uh, help for small businesses and USPS funding is on his desk and just sitting there. So most of the most contentious legislative issues end with him right now. Um, curious if he comments on that at all. I yesterday it seemed like they were going to try to they were trying to sort of ramp up to a repeat of the speech that Trump gave at uh, Mount Rushmore recently. I guess on July fourth. Um, so 
I'm just going to guess it's it's going to be another version of that, that the left is a new fascist party and that, you know, we have to defeat them if we want to recognize America for what it is and whatnot. Uh, yeah, like Kate, like Kate said, not not a huge list of soaring uh, orators here. I guess Rudy Giuliani is speaking, so that, that could be right. interesting. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it seems like it's just going to be a ramp up to Trump yelling at the camera. So uh, sounds like fun. Yeah, it does. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow with our final episode of these convention podcasts. As a reminder, the Josh Marshall podcast is sponsored by Grady's Cold Brew. You can get 20% off your first order by going to Grady'sColdBrew.com and using the promo code TPM. Summer, Matt, and Kate, thanks for joining, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. See everyone tonight.